and welcome to the Travel Weekly Podcast. I'm Amy Keeley and I'm here with Ian Taylor again to talk through the biggest headlines of the last week or so. So we're going to return uh, to the topic of Thomas Cook, which has agreed the key terms of a rescue deal with the Chinese conglomerate Fosun and its debt holders that aims to save the group. Ian, just outline the key terms of the deal for us. Yes, they're pretty much uh, what was uh, expected, what Cook had already announced. Um, there'll be £900 million pounds of new money, uh, not the 750 originally touted, but the 900 after Cook uh, sought an extra £150 million. Half of it will come from Fosun, half of it from the banks. The banks and the bondholders also swap their debt for equity. So Fosun will hold uh, 75% or more of the tour operator, that includes the retail outlets and so on, and 25% of the airline. And the banks and bondholders will hold 75% of the airline and uh, up to 25% of the tour operator. And what that we hadn't had those proportions confirmed before, but it also uh, tells us that Fosun could own more than 75% and the banks and bondholders less, and presumably that's still still to be sorted out and depends a bit on whether um, the, the element of Cook that will be the airline and the, uh, the, the smaller shareholding in the uh, tour operator remains listed. The second element of it is that Cook has left it um, unresolved whether it will retain a listing. Uh, The company statement says it's minded to retain the listing, but uh, I would have thought it might be sensible not to have a listing because then you you aren't subject to this quarterly uh, poring over your results by uh, uh, analysts. Uh, And the final element, which is somewhat by the by, is that Thomas Cook will pick up all the costs of due diligence and advisors and legal costs and all the rest of it of both Fosun and its banks. Okay, so but what kind of things or are the, are the, is the recapitalisation subject to? What are, what are some of the terms um, and then the things that they have to meet to, to go ahead? There seems to be a lot of approvals. Yeah, the, but these are largely jumping through hoops. Look, there there could still be flies in the ointment if um, the, the legal agreements haven't been signed. Uh, it's not formally uh, signed off. Obviously, it has to have regulatory approval and 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 so on. You know, if the government in Hong Kong is overthrown and the, everyone with any money tries to get out of Hong Kong, that would affect Fosun fairly severely and then you might see the whole thing off. So the deal is still subject to some uh, doubt, if you if you like, but by and large, this is a huge step forward for, for Thomas Cook. Okay, and, and when do they aim to complete the deal? They say early October. Okay. I mean, they, they need to be able to complete it for the, by the time of their atoll renewal or they won't be getting an atoll. Right, okay. Um, let's just quickly mention um, the chief executive of Turkish holiday group Annex Tour. Um, his name is Neset Kochar, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. He has a an 8% stake, and that makes him now the second largest shareholder after Fosun. Good news for him? Well, it depends, doesn't it? If... Uh 
eight percent of nothing is or pretty much nothing is pretty much nothing isn't it so um the shares are worthless uh what he wanted was a seat at the table um because he has interests in turkey and in russia and thomas cook sends a million plus people to turkey and uh has a big inbound operator and big outbound operator in russia so there's clearly stuff for him to discuss but whether the new owners of thomas cook wish to dis- to sit down with him is another matter okay just on the same topic of thomas cook but very different news um which was rather overshadowed by the rescue deal announcement was that cook has significantly reduced its brochure production this year it's cut its titles from 40 to 18 and it now prints 280,000 fewer hard copies um so this is on the back of tui um doing a kind of U-turn on their plan to scrap brochures altogether by 2020. Yeah, why have they done that then? Well, they say it's part of their No Place for Plastic campaign, where they're trying to remove 70 million plastic items from operations by the end of this year. But obviously it brings in massive cost savings. Brochures are are very um, expensive to produce. So it's not a surprise that they're trimming them down. And I doubt they're, well, they're not the only ones. TUI, although they're not scrapping them all together, has certainly reduced their brochure production output. And I'm sure other operators have as well. Um, So, yeah, in summary, more customers, yes, are going online. And so the need for brochures has shrunk a little bit, but clearly customers still like them and still use them. Otherwise, Tui and Cook would have scrapped them all together, I'm sure. Yeah, it's um, interesting. All all producers of print publications want to <laughs> cut them, and but they find that people like them. Yeah. I remember <laughs> a, a, a visiting a Thomas Cook store uh, a few years ago where they'd installed beautiful iPads for customers to browse and people were pulling the, the brochures off the racks and propping them up on the iPads really? to flick through them. Yes. Oh, brilliant. Let's move on and talk about the BA pilot uh, pilot strike. This caused, caused all sorts of chaos because they mistakenly told customers their flights were cancelled when they weren't. That led to a huge backlog of calls to their customer service centre. You know, obviously we've had the IT meltdown a few years ago and then more recently the check-in chaos because of tech problems. They're all separate events, obviously, but why do these problems keep happening at BA, do you think? They're not related, are they? There's clearly been more than one IT problem and there's clearly been more than one industrial relations problem over several years. Um, The fact that there are is more than one one problem problem may be due to an element of serial incompetence in tackling things um ba makes money but it is clearly or it appears and it stands accused of not investing enough in its tech so that's one thing um on its industrial relations, I mean, I, I've, it beggars belief really that BA's got itself into this position with the pilots when it's going to make a two billion pound, or IAG is going to make two billion euro profit this year. Made the same last year, the year, same be- year before that, and the pilots are asking for some sort of profit sharing arrangement. Um, uh, Alex Cruz has one. Willie Walsh has one. You can see the pilots 
point, really. Today, actually, just to, to interject, the um, pilots' union claims that they have put in a request for a meeting for talks with Alex Cruz and that he, they haven't heard anything back, so they say, but we've not heard from BA, we haven't got a statement from them yet, so it seems, according to Balfour anyway, that there hasn't been any sit-down talks despite promises of that. So. Yeah, the, the, it's very difficult to see the strikes uh, planned in early September not going ahead because there seems an element of ill will now. I think BA taking the, the union to court, it's never a good idea if you want to reach a settlement. Um, the September the 27th, there's, you know, there's four weeks to come to some uh, uh, arrangement. It's conceivable BA may want to see if it can, um, to an extent, break the strike. That would be a high-risk strategy. They are talking about wet leasing um, aircraft, which means aircraft and crew. I imagine from Qatar, who've got more planes than they know what to do with. Um, but that's highly provocative. You know, arranging what, what the pilots will see as strike breaking will uh, only inflame the situation mm. and make it more likely to be a long, uh, bitter dispute, mm. I would think. Mm. And that wouldn't do BA any favours. Mm. How damaging is it for BA, the BA brand and the business, do you think? Look, I think it's seriously damaging for BA. BA has a really... BA has a good reputation outside Britain. It's a, the BA is a bit like Margaret Thatcher. If you live in Britain, nobody got, has got a good word to say for it. And <laughs> I don't if, know. I think some people do. Okay, well... I'm, our, I'm our, not saying I do. I'm our, oh, not no, offering my not opinion here. Uh, <laughs> outside Britain, no one has a harsh word. And BA is a bit like that. People seem to like BA outside Britain. But if you talk to people in the industry, uh, corporate... Uh, agencies and so on BA is not spoken of fondly okay okay let's finish off by talking about super break so when we last spoke on this podcast um, we talked about one of the co-founders Gordon Miller who was hoping to resurrect the the failed business um, he got lots of um, backing and support from from agents for, for his uh, potential bid. But we learned this week that he's actually, um, sorry, it's the end of last week, that he's pulled out of the bidding process, um, much to the dis dismay of many agents who are hoping to see it return fully bonded. Yeah, so what's happened there? So I had a chat with him um, on the phone and he, he couldn't go into a lot of detail because he's under a non-disclosure agreement um, unfortunately but he's basically he said he couldn't get comfortable in making a bid on the basis of what he had been told those were his exact words um he said he was very sad about it um, as he obviously has an emotional connection to the brand having set it up in the 80s so we can only assume the numbers didn't add up he couldn't get a strong enough business case or there was something they discovered when doing their due diligence that they were not happy with uh, KPMG, who I spoke to this week, said they are still fielding bids on the assets, um, but there's been no news on who else might be bidding as yet, um, so it's a kind of wait and see what, what happens. Um, but uh, just a bit of a side note on this, actually, we got a letter from Gordon's business partner and co-founder of um, Superbreak 
called Christopher Dunn. He, he wrote in to um, us this week saying that he'd read our coverage and it was lovely to, to read about Gordon and, and his plan. And he's, be, he's asked us to put him in touch with Gordon as he hadn't spoken to him in, in years. They've kind of lost, they've lost touch. So um, although he's not going to resurrect Superbreak, we have helped reunite these two men. And who knows, they might launch something in the, in the travel industry. I know Gordon said he has whetted his appetite to come back. So, so Travel Weekly, the new friends reunited. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's us. All right. That's it uh, for now. Thank you very much, Ian. And we'll be back in two weeks' time 